Chapter number 12, part 2 of Dot and Tot of Maryland. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Adamson. Dot and Tot of Maryland by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 12 Prince Tot and Princess Dot It was not long before the three carriages, each drawn by horses standing upon the wheeled platforms and driven by rag-doll coachmen dressed in the royal livery of pink and blue, drew up before the gate of the palace. Dot had hard work to squeeze into the seat of her vehicle, and when she succeeded, she had some fears that it would tip over or the wheels would come off the horses. But Tot, being smaller, fit his carriage nicely, and being younger and a boy, he had no fears of any accidents. So now the drivers cracked their whips, and away they rolled, the queen first, Dot next, and Tot last of all. When they reached the main street of the village, the three carriages drew up near the sidewalk, all in a row, and the queen said, Now I will awaken the people. She waved the fairy wand three times round her head and blew a shrill blast upon the magic whistle. Instantly a commotion arose all about them. Doors and windows began to open, and from the houses flocked many dolls of all sorts and sizes. There were china, bisque, wooden, papier-mâché, rag and rubber dolls with yellow hair, red and brown and white hair, and complexions ranging from the daintiest pink to the deepest black. Some were finely dressed, some well-dressed, and some shabbily dressed, but all seemed and light-hearted, and they ran about singing and dancing, chatting to each other as happily as if they had not been asleep for so long a time by their queen. "'I don't understand how you can make dolls act like real people,' said Dot, as she watched them with wonder. "'No, I suppose not,' replied Her Majesty. "'But if you were a fairy, as I am, you would know all about it.' The queen now left her seat in the carriage and entered a pretty little cottage that stood nearby. Dot followed to doorway, and, peeping in, saw that this entire cottage was occupied by an enormous music-box. "'I'll make it play,' said the queen, "'for my dolls love to dance to the music.' Thereupon she touched a spring, and at once strains of delightful melody came from the big music-box. Tot hastened outside again and found the street filled with dolls who were dancing joyously to the bewitching music. After watching them for a time in silence, the queen said, Now they have had enough fun for one day, so I will send them to sleep again. She waved her wand once, and the music stopped playing. The dolls stopped dancing and began to say good night to one another. A second time, the queen waved her wand above her head, and then every doll hurried to its own home, and the doors and windows began to close again. But Dot and Tot could hear the dolls laughing and 
talking in the houses until the queen waved her wand for the third and last time, when silence fell on the village, and her majesty turned to the children and said, Now they are fast asleep again, and will remain so until I choose to awaken them. They are lovely dolls, said Dot, sighing to think the entertainment was ended, and I should love to play with them all day long. Sometimes I have kept them awake all day myself, replied the queen, but that is when I am lonely and need amusement. No one can be dull while those laughing, romping, mischievous dolls are awake, but I must have a talk with my now prince and princess this evening so I could devote but little time to my people, and only awaken them to satisfy your curiosity. Can I have a doll to keep, asked Tot, as they drove back to the palace. Yes, my dear prince, answered the queen, I'll give you scallops. You'll find him very useful and a jolly playmate. Tot nodded his thanks, and soon they reached the palace, and accompanied the queen to her room. When all were seated, the wax dolls said, "'Tomorrow I must leave you here alone, for I am going upon a journey.' "'Where to?' inquired Dot, greatly surprised at this announcement. "'I shall go up the river to the end of Maryland, where you entered the first valley. "'Since you have found a way to enter my kingdom from the big outside world, "'I have been greatly worried for fear others would also come here.' To prevent this, I must visit the watchdog of Maryland and tell him how to keep anyone from passing the archway. Oh, the watchdog cannot keep people out, said Dot. He's too polite and good-natured. When we said we would not mind him, he was sorry, but he didn't try to stop us. Well, replied the queen, that is why I must make the journey. I shall command the watchdog to sit hereafter upon a rocky shelf above the arch, and then if people will not obey him and try to get through the arch in spite of my orders, the old man must jump into the river in front of the opening. As soon as he touches the water, he will be turned into a great rock which will block up the archway and prevent anyone from entering my kingdom." Oh, I see, said Dot. Then the watchdog may be of some use after all. I hope so, declared the queen. But what shall we do while you are away, asked the girl anxiously. You may amuse yourselves by running about the palace, and all my household will wait upon you and obey your orders, for you are now Prince Tot and Princess Dot of Maryland, and your power is second only to my own. That's nice, said Tot. Twinkle now led Dot to her room and helped her prepare for bed. The diamond coverlet was rather too heavy to sleep under, so Twinkle laid it aside and covered the girl with a soft fleecy robe. Tot also went to his laughing chamber, accompanied by Scallops, who helped him undress and threw over his head a pretty pink silk nightgown. Tot wanted the door between his room and Dot's left open while they slept, so Scallops opened it, and the children called good night to each other. 
When Dot lay down upon her bed, the fairy chorus began to sing softly and sweetly. And when Tot lay down, the invisible laughter of childish voices rang out like chimes, keeping time to the tinkling chorus from Dot's bed. This was all so soothing and delightful that in less than a minute the children's eyes had closed, and soon they were fast asleep and dreaming sweet dreams of the wonders of Maryland. End of chapter 12, part 2 Recording by Paul Adamson from the Wichita Mountains of Oklahoma